Wake Up the Echoes, the official show of the Fighting Irish, presented by TireAct.com, is also brought to you by Canon Solutions America, Credit Union One, Coca-Cola, Gatorade, and Under Armour. It is time for Wake Up the Echoes, Episode 3. I'm your host, Tony Simeone. This is the biggest episode yet because we are just days away from the Ohio State game. I cannot wait for Notre Dame to play against Ohio State. I've had this game circled on the calendar for over a year. I tried to get Marcus Freeman to admit that he has been looking ahead to this game. I don't think he budged, but I still pushed him on the topic. We also had a chance to talk to a couple linebackers who were in their fifth year, Maris Leofau and Jack Kaiser. They would not give it away either if they've been looking ahead to this game, but I think I, along with all of you watching and listening at home, are so fired up. I'm ready to run through a wall for this Ohio State game. If you're going to be at the game, make sure you wear some green. It is going to be the green jersey game. should be a spectacle for the first night game at Notre Dame Stadium this year. We talked to Kaiser. We talked to Leah Fowl. We talked to Freeman. At the end, you're going to hear from Notre Dame great Brady Quinn. We talked about all kinds of stuff as it relates to his career and how this Notre Dame team stacks up against Ohio State this season. It's absolutely our best episode yet. It's 1% better than it was last week, which is our only goal here on Wake Up the Echoes presented by TireRack.com. Before we get started, make sure you download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you might listen to our podcasting content. And additionally, if you're watching, make sure to download and subscribe to the YouTube channel and smash the like button as well. Without further ado, let's get this week's episode started and talk with the head coach, Marcus Freeman. Okay, coach, here we go. Episode three. Have you gotten any feedback on how this show is going? Anybody talking to you about it? Or is it just people telling me I got to chill out a little bit with all these outfits? You no, know, I haven't. Uh, I haven't really discussed it with anyone. Okay. I know a lot of people have been watching it, just talking to Katie okay. and uh, some of the people. But um, No news is good news. Usually. Yeah. I'm, I, you know what? These, these Saturdays, man, I, I got a lot of preparation for these Saturdays <laughs> that I got to be focused on. I see you got the green sweatshirt on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This feels like a call to arms a little bit. Everyone, we want them in green on Saturday against Ohio State, yeah. right? And I don't know. I, I don't know if calling it a green out, right? But, you know, we're obviously wearing our green jerseys. Yeah. We want to see a lot of green in the stands. It's going to be a what a great environment, mm-hmm. right? To see um, all the green, just Notre Dame fans, passionate, our students. You know, we got to get we got to get Obi out there. We might have to paint. We got to paint his chest green. You know, this guy and is taking over he's, he's the campus time. here in forty eight hours, right? Obi from Dunn Hall. That's what that's what they told me. His name's Obi from Dunn Hall. But he's the rock star, man. He's the he's the fan of the game, I said. I wasn't in the stadium when it was happening, but when he was waving the shirt around, was it really as loud as everyone says? Well, at first, I didn't know what. I mean, I'm I'm in game mode. <laughs> yeah. I have my headset on. And then, like, a couple times I kept hearing, like, the fans booing, and then they, they cheering and booing. And I'm like, <laughs> finally, I look up because it was a TV timeout, and I see Obi up there just swinging his shirt and dancing. I'm like, okay, I mm-hmm. get it, man. And so uh, that was a really cool, man, just at the end of the game, just to, to be able to see that the, the crowd going crazy. Um, it was a cool atmosphere. You know, I was looking at the broadcast at the end, and it said five straight games with 40 points, school record for Notre Dame. I don't need to tell you, but like you said, a school record at Notre Dame, you've done something right. How exciting is that for you as the head coach to see the offense put up 40 in, let's call it this year, four straight to start the year. It's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, Um Man, you get so as a as a coach, you get so just dialed in on the details on every play that you know. There's always something to coach and learn from. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes when you pull back and look at it in a macro perspective, man, that's pretty special. And it shows the the execution, but the the preparation, of work that the offensive staff and uh, our players have put into doing that. I wanted to follow up too about the guy we talked to last week, Chris Tyree. One of the things I mentioned is that I don't even think he's a uh, running back converted to wide receiver. The catch yeah. over his head, I mean, it's a great throw by Sam, obviously, but that's not a running back making the catch. That's a receiver. Like this guy, he just continues to amaze me at, like, at how good he is at receiver. When he made that catch, did you kind of jump back and say, I can't believe Chris made that play? Or what's your reaction when you see that? No, I wasn't surprised. Um, mm-hmm. But as you go back and reflect, it's a credit to his work, yeah. right? It, it's you know, you're proud of the way he prepares to to make sure he's ready for that moment. Mm-hmm. That moment isn't just luck, right? It's a, you don't run a great route and just put your arms out and catch the ball. Mm-hmm. It's, it's practice, it's repetitions. And, and that's what Sam and Chris have really done. And, and to see it really manifest in a game um, was, was really great to see. This is a unique week because you're playing high-profile team. Mm-hmm. College game days here. 
I want to know about being the head coach. We've talked a little bit about messaging when we talk on this show. And I think that's the part of the your job I'm most interested in. How have you messaged through the first four weeks knowing that this game is lurking, but you can't look ahead to it? Mm-hmm. But I imagine people did look at the schedule before the season started and knew it was there. What have you been telling everybody to keep them in the moment? It's going to be the same thing I tell them throughout the whole year is that you get 12 guaranteed opportunities mm-hmm. to play this game that we work so hard for. And our job on Saturday is to really get as close to our full potential that we can. Mm-hmm. The result of that is the result of it. Mm-hmm. You win, you lose. That That's the result of a lot of different things. But our focus has to be, okay, on Saturday, we want to reach our full potential. So how do we do that, mm-hmm. right? We got to make sure Saturday, one play at a time, we execute. We win the interval is what we call it. And then when you go from there, you say, okay, how do you win the interval? Well, it starts by staying in the moment today and preparing today and winning today and Mm -hmm. having very intentional practice reps and meetings. And so that will help us get to Saturday and perform on Saturday. So the minute me, our players, our coaches start thinking about Saturday, it's a great reminder to, okay, we know what's coming on Saturday. Let's get back into the moment of now to make sure that we can really perform as closest to our full potential on Saturday that we can. How do you do that? How do you, because I hear you, you can do it. You're the coach. You've got the perspective. You, you're coaching 19 to 22 year olds that know college day, game day is coming here. They, they read stuff. They see stuff. So how do you, you're able to snap back in. How do you ensure that the players to the best of their ability can snap back in or your staff can help them snap back in? What things do you put in place or, or how do you communicate to ensure that that can take place? It takes reps. It takes reps. It takes reps. It hmm. takes time. And so we're preaching that same message from week one. Okay. Right. And so the, the ability to catch yourself drifting, the ability to catch yourself thinking about things that really don't matter at the moment, mm-hmm. to me, is the great challenge. And so if we can catch ourselves drifting and get ourselves back, then all of a sudden we can be intentional, be in the moment, stay in the moment. And the other thing we got to do is we got to control some of that noise that distracts us mm-hmm. from staying in the moment, right? There's distractions all over the place mm-hmm. that, fo- that that take your mind to the outcome, to Saturday, to things that really don't matter. Mm-hmm. Takes you back to last year when you guys played Ohio State. That doesn't, all that matters is right now mm-hmm. and what we're doing right now. And so I tell our players, control the noise, right? If you can't handle it, that noise gets you out of the moment, gets you out of what's really important, turn it down. Mm-hmm. Get off of social media. Maybe not answer a phone call. Focus on the present. And what I think that does, it takes off a lot of unnecessary pressure. When you think about winning or losing Saturday, that's, that's that just adds all this pressure to you. When you think about, okay, all I got to do is stay in the moment right now and get better right now. Like, that's the pressure I got to put on myself. Yeah. We're going to have meetings here very soon. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We got to stay in the moment, have the greatest. All I'm challenging you to do is have the greatest meetings you can mm-hmm. and stay present. And then as we get into Saturday, then it's going to be, hey, win the interval. Mm-hmm. It's not go beat Ohio State or go, go, go make sure at the end of the game we're winning. It's win the interval. Yeah. Win the interval. Win those five seconds. You won a big game last year against Clemson. I'm curious just about from your standpoint, year year two, we've talked about being year two. Do you feel like this week with everything going on around it, like you are better prepared to handle a big game like this? I think just because of experience, because of, um, you know, again, I'm not this coach that's been coaching for – 20 years, been a head coach, but I know I'm better because of the experience I've gone through up to this point. Yeah. And so um, I know next year I'll be better than I am right now. And that's the, always a challenge. Can we constantly improve and build skill? But um, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm much more prepared just because of the experience of however many games I've coached in before now. I look at a guy like Sam Hartman who came here. This is going to be an awesome experience for him. This is probably one of the big reasons he came here. Is there a little bit of extra excitement for him to go out there and quarterback this team on this stage? You know what? Macro picture, yeah. Like, I'm excited for him to go out and play against some of the best players in the country. Yeah. But then I'm going to pull back to how do you make sure you perform well is you you, you have a great practice, mm-hmm. right? And so when we think about Saturday, that's a great trigger for him to make sure I'm not worried about performing on Saturday. If I want to perform well on Saturday, i got to perform well today. Yeah. I've been really excited about the defense, the linebacking core, super veteran, secondary is going to get a great test this week. You're a defensive guy. We've talked so much about offense. On the defensive side of the ball, what have you liked through four games, and what do you encourage about showing up here this Saturday against Ohio State? Yeah, man, those guys play hard. They play physical. They're running to the ball. They they understand the details of what Coach Golden is asking them to do. And so, um, 
you know, and, and some of the results have been really good, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're four right now in total defense and one in pass efficiency defense. And so I, I, I make sure they know, man, they've done a heck of a job. And then there's always areas to improve at, right? We got to continue to eliminate penalties. We got to continue to tackle at a high level. And so um, they've done a tremendous job, yeah. right? And And they don't need to worry about getting credit they're gonna get credit from their head coach i'll mm-hmm. tell you that right now because they uh the way they prepare and the way they perform has been uh really really good wanted to ask you about penalties because it's been a little uncharacteristic mm-hmm. last couple weeks of this team have you talked about it have you addressed it how do you it seems tough to me you wanted to play fast and physical and you don't want to take penalties that kind of are tough to separate what have you guys talked about after the last two weeks with some uncharacteristic penalties yeah it's just the understanding that penalties the penalties that we've gotten have resulted in really negative things happening to our team, mm. right? Defensive penalties have really equal points for the offense and offensive penalties and equal punts mm-hmm. or, you know, or worse. And so let's figure out now why. Mm-hmm. What's going on within this play that you committed a penalty and how do we attack that and fix it? And, and the majority of them are fundamentals, right? If my footwork is bad, if I'm on offense alignment, it put me in a bad situation. Now I'm holding a defense alignment or, or Jaden Mickey, Hey, you can't grab at the top of the route, you know, yeah. and, cause they found it and they called it, um, you know, Riley got to be smart. You're one step away from the quarterback. That's too much, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's more, Hey, understand you can't touch the quarterback right there. We got to protect them, you know? And, and some are just aggressive, man. Like the, the Burnham one, um, I really don't believe that he knew who he was hitting. He was, yeah. just, he was playing relentless. He's yeah. turning. Coach, you can, you say play you, you're saying you can live with that. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some of them you have to live with, but what we got to do is if it's, it's, if it's a fundamental issue, then we have to correct it and really teach from it and uh, address it in practice. So what you're saying is not all penalties are created equal. Some are worse, some <laughs> exactly. are worse than others. <laughs> the, the worst is a selfish penalty. Okay. Right. And, and that's what I've told our team is that nobody, including the head coach right. is worth 15 yards. Selfish penalties will kill football teams. What is a selfish penalty? I mean, obviously, I would think of like taunting, mm-hmm. helmet coming off, whatever. So, what what are those things that are selfish penalties? Um, as you said, personal fouls, like late hits. Um, you know, if a quarterback is getting ready to slide, you hit him. Okay, going out of bounds. Head coach getting a penalty thrown on him for yelling at a ref or something like that. <laughs> those are selfish penalties. Okay, you know, aggressive penalties. Um, they happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Fundamental issues that we have to fix. Those things happen in the game of football. That's, that's why they call us coach. We got to address it and fix it. This is off the wall here, but I've been saving this question for a while. We were talking about our shoes before we came on here. I don't even know brands or anything like that. I'm mostly interested in you have a job that consumes you. I know you've gotten questions. I think the last couple of weeks about your blazer at the press conference. <laughs> so when I leave my house, I have I'm colorblind. Yeah. I go to my wife. <laughs> I just say, hey. Am I good here? Am I, this is not, I don't have purple and blue and it's all mixed up. How do you get dressed? Like, do you, is, is it all you? You're handling it yourself? You got someone helping you out? Well, how does this all work? Uh, um, sometimes I'll pick it out. Okay. You know, I got a wife that is, uh, she helps me out a lot. That's you know, if, if my wife says you should wear this, then, you know, I take her opinion. Yeah. Where, you know, Katie's going to get mad. I mentioned her, Katie Lonergan, who's, you know, our associate AD for communications. She's my right hand woman, mm. you know, and so she helps me out sometimes with um, suggestions. And so uh, it takes a community. It takes a village, <laughs> it takes right? a village it to dress the village, head coach, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, you got multiple lines of defense, which sounds yeah, good because exactly. I, I sometimes leave the house and I look like just a rainbow flag. It's it's <laughs> it's not good with all the different colors I can mix and match. Um, I'll get you out of here on just this week. You know, I'm not trying to build it up too much, mm-hmm. but. I, I kind of am. Like I, 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 I've been <laughs> looking. Right. I've been looking forward to this game. I'm not playing in it for a year. It's just game day is going to be here. It's a huge game. It's a huge opportunity. I imagine, and I think coaches say this a lot. Like you'll look back at this game, probably regardless of the result. Hopefully, it's a good result, and and reflect on it at some point. I need to live in the moment now. But do you take a moment throughout the week? Is there any point where you'll let yourself think like I'm going to run Notre Dame out of the tunnel? to play my alma mater mm-hmm. in prime time with college game day here. That's like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Will you let that sink in at any point this week, or will it have to be later? I mean, I think you you have to appreciate the opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as I'll tell the team, like, because of their work, we're able to play in a prime time game with college mm-hmm. game day here, and uh, they've earned this right. You have to earn the right to have a prime time college game day game. And uh, our players and our coaching staff has earned that right. So be appreciative of that, Hmm. right? Be appreciative of that. Be grateful for it. Now, 
we want to make sure we have success, right? We want to make sure we perform well. So how do we do that? And mm-hmm. that's when we got to continue to remind ourselves, we're appreciative of this opportunity. We want to perform well. Now let's do the things that it's going to take to perform well. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait to talk to you next week after it, but I hope you get a chance to enjoy it and have a great Saturday night, Coach. Always fun to talk to you. Absolutely. Man. All right. We're going to bring Marist in here in a second. All right. Hey, Fighting Irish fans. We love that you're hanging out with us for this episode of Wake Up the Echoes presented by TireRack.com. TireRack.com has been revolutionizing tire buying since 1979, so you know they've got their game plan down. Ask their team of experts to help yourself using their extensive playbook. Test results, consumer reviews, and a tire decision guide make buying a new set of tires as easy as a clean quarterback sneak and mobile tire installation for the extra point. Get the right tires to tackle whatever comes next at TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And we're back with the action. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever? That's right, Jim. With an irresistible taste and zero sugar, Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any sports fan. So make sure you... Wait, Jim, I didn't mean try it right now. We're still on the air. Mmm. Best Coke ever? Take a taste, Jen. Really? No, not right now, Jen. We got a game to call. Hey, it's Tony Simeone, the voice of Notre Dame Athletics. Have you saved enough for retirement? Howard Bailey Financial is the official wealth management partner of Notre Dame Athletics, and they have a free resource that you can download right now. Get insight on taxes, social security, income planning, and much more by visiting retirewithpurpose.com echo. That's retirewithpurpose.com echo. Notre Dame Athletics was compensated for this endorsement and is not a current client of Howard Bailey. For more information, visit howardbailey.com slash disclosure. We were talking about you being from Hawaii, mm-hmm. and you went to Hawaii mm-hmm. this past year. I guess I don't know what island or where you were, but did you give him any recommendations for where you should visit? Was it not in your purview? How did that all go <laughs> He didn't down? want to come back. He doesn't want to come back? <laughs> so, funny story. I'm out of Luau, right, with okay. my family, and um, I, I take a video, and I send it to Maris. And I said, hey, look. And he said, <laughs> he said I want to make sure I'm pro. He was like, that's exactly why I'm in the States playing football. Because he was like, I don't want to be dancing for you right? <laughs> if you're over here vacationing. And it was so funny. But my kids, what we did when we went to Luau, all they did was they got those the fake tattoos. Mm. And they kept walking around like, I'm Marist. I'm Marist. Send them a picture. <laughs> and so uh, they loved it. We had a blast, yeah. I texted him back. I said, that's why I'm here playing, because I don't want to dance for you tours. <laughs> I was laughing. How often do you get back home? I assume over the summer, but it's a long flight. Mm-hmm. How often are you back there? Probably, like, I think twice a year. Okay. It's around bowl game time and then um, summer. Yeah, okay. That's about it. As the head coach that was a linebacker, mm-hmm. do you look at the linebackers a little bit differently? Do you talk to them differently because that's a position group you understand? Just what's the communication? He's nodding. He's saying yeah. you too. But what's that like? Well, people don't realize they were my position group when mm-hmm. I first got here. And so every day I was with them and I was coaching them. And and that is the greatest bond. Like I miss that more than any. People say, what do you miss about being a head coach? I said, I miss being in the room with those guys. Yeah. But it's it's Marist, it's Jack Kaiser, it's J.D. Bertrand, some of those guys that I actually got to coach and be their coach. Those are the guys you probably have a close relationship. So you are going to be hard on them. Hmm. Right. Because they know how to take it because we spent so much time together. So, um, yeah, I'm always watching them. Um, two, I'm always hard on them. <laughs> but three, they kind of they know how to take it. It's like, oh, that's yeah. just coach being coach. Did you think he's harder on you guys? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. How so? He's just on you guys quicker. Yeah. He's he's always watching us. <laughs> <laughs> they just have to stand out in the film differently. I'll, right? I'll, I'll see him on the corner of my eye watching us, even though he's like. Obviously, in charge of the whole practice, he always has his eye on us. It's like it always happens. Like yeah, I try to watch other positions. Yeah, I'll mess up, and he'll no, like that's he'll, right. He'll call me out on it. If he wouldn't mess up, I wouldn't yell at him. You know what I mean? But, but uh, I feel like it'll be different. If someone else messed up. You would no, no idea. <laughs> Maybe a receiver like messed up. He probably wouldn't have no idea. No. Just let it go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll see it on film. Hey, stuck? Did he mess up there? Okay, good. So, but Maris, I, I, those linebackers, I can watch everything they do and say, okay, yeah. come here, come here. Mm. I know, I'll look at him and sometimes just give me that look. And I was like, <laughs> I know, I got you. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i curious about your injury, man. The uh, You came back last year after being away for a year, and then you've really looked 
like a different guy even this year. Just what's that process been like? I've heard you talk about it mm-hmm. in press conferences just to see the way he kind of moves around the field. But how have you felt? I want to start with you. Just this do you year? feel like you're all the way back this year and the, and the guy you thought you'd be? Yeah, I feel like I'm all the way back. I mean, I, I don't have I don't make any excuses for myself. I think my preparation and just attention to detail this year is what has made me like play better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you've seen that. What have you seen this year from him? Yeah, um, he plays the game so physical. Um, you know, I think back to when I first got here and I was watching 2020 film and the way he flies around, he's hitting people, and then to for him to break his leg, and it was the last full contact day of fall camp. Mm-hmm. And um, to see where he's at now, it's just a lot of hard work, and, mm-hmm. and he um, really has stepped his game. And I've, I've challenged him, like, the preparation. Like, we know you're naturally gifted. Right. Right. He's naturally athletic. He's naturally physical. But the preparation is going to be that final piece to mm-hmm. get him to be elite. And I've seen him take a major step up in, in that area. What's the um, maybe one thing that you guys have leaned on this year defensively? I'll, I'll ask both of you guys, 12 points in four games. Just what are you happy with? What are you hoping to maybe clean up going into next week? Um, I think I'm happy with the way – I think the way we respond, like we respond to different situations, I think we just go out there and play. Mm. Like we don't care what the situation is, really, because there's always a standard of play like that, right. where we're like we hold ourselves to. So I think just for us to respond to anything, I think I'm proud of that, like most of all. But I think moving forward, just being more disciplined, um, just being able to play as a unit and like have leadership on the field from more guys, I think that's going to elevate our game. You know, for me, we have a saying that clarity equals velocity, velocity right? Clarity equals velocity. Yeah. And as you watch our defense play, they're playing really fast. Okay. And you're talking about year two in the same system. Yeah. So now these guys know what to do, how to do it, and why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And they're playing so much faster. So um, it, it's really we got great leadership from Coach Golden on down to these guys. And uh, it's been really impressive to watch. With Marist. What excites you about his future, whether it's on the field, off the field? He's a leader for you guys. But what do you what are you looking forward to Maris Leofau when when his time here is done? Yeah, I mean, he's such a number one, a great person. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about him, you know, the most is that he's a great person. You know, he's going to be a great husband and a great father. And so that's what I'm most proud of about him. Um He's going to play this game of football as long as his body lets him. Yeah. You know, now he plays really violent. So his body is sometimes going to say, hey, man, slow down a little <laughs> bit, you know. But uh, that's what I'm most excited, man. He's got his degree. Um, he's a committed person in life and uh, in the game of football. Yeah. Last one for you, Marist. Next time he and the family go to Hawaii, what's the one thing they got to make sure they do? They have to. Did you guys not? What did you guys do when you guys? We did Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Um, okay, couple of us, but we did the tourist stuff. Okay, you know, yeah. give us a deep cut, something that they that they wouldn't know. They got to see mm. some experience. Yeah, I'm gonna go to your house. I want to get some. Yeah, some real I think just like yeah, just having like a laid back like barbecue on the beach. Okay, but with like authentic, like the family. Yeah, that's mm. like what we do all the time. Yeah. Mm. And like having like the food that we make, we marinate it overnight and like throw it on the grill. I think that just having like a day at the beach. You can't do that in South Bend. No. no. (laughs) South Bend's got Notre Dame football, but it doesn't have the the backyard barbecue. No, no, it sure doesn't, man. (laughs) It sure doesn't. All right, I'm now here with both linebackers, Maris Leofau and Jack Kaiser. They both entered the set. We're going to get into our next segment. This one, of course, is brought to you by Yeti. It features our coldest moment of the week. I have a question for each of you about the other person. I want you to think about your respective careers. And tell me what the coldest moment of the other person's career was. So it could be a hit, tackle, takeaway. It could be a locker room speech. I don't know what comes to mind. But when you think of Marist and his career, Jack, what's his coldest moment? Um, coldest moment. I would have to say, uh, like I remember in the just the, the whole game, turning on the film against Clemson last year. Like mm. Marist was everywhere. Yeah. Played really good. Um, and you can just see that hair like flowing out of the back of the helmet. Um, like that's just something like, like is imprinted in my head. Like Maris was killing the counter. Um, like guys didn't want to mess with him. And so like, it's just that type of play style that, you know, you think of the coldest moment. Yeah. When he's yeah. running around, you can't miss him. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that hair is just. <laughs> Paul Appreciate it. Yeah. What about you? What's Jack's, Jack's coldest? You got it? Okay. I got it right away. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jack's coldest moment was um, this was when I was hurt. I think it was it was a Shamrock Series game in Chicago against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I was on the sideline. I remember Jack's uh, pick six. Pick six. Yeah, he yeah. like dropped in like zone, zone coverage, and he saw like what was it? It was something like an out route. He just read it. China. Yeah. He yeah. Broke on it and he just took it to the house. So it was, that was a crazy game because it was close, and then all of a sudden you look up and you guys were blowing out Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that one of the? You know, I mean, you have had a lot of good moments here, but does that one kind of come to mind towards the top of the games you guys have played here? Yeah, I mean, I think when you think of the setting too, yeah, like in Chicago, um, mm-hmm. if you remember the the stadium, like there was a decent amount of Wisconsin fans yeah. there. Like the whole half of the stadium was almost red, um, and so it was like it was a close game, right? And then all of a sudden we just took off, yeah, um, and it was really fun, and it seemed like defensively everything came together at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chris Tyree obviously had the kickoff return for a touchdown that mm-hmm. sparked everything. The student section was awesome. Um, and then we got home early because it was a 11 a.m. kickoff in right. Chicago, which was awesome. We That's love nice. noon games. Yeah, I get to celebrate with everybody back here. It must be nice. Um, this week, big game, right? I'm sure you guys are trying to stay in the moment, not make it bigger than it is, but you get a chance to play Ohio State just – What's the excitement level like? What are you looking forward to most about this weekend? I'll start with with you, Marist. Um, I try to stay like pretty level uh, throughout the week. I'm mm-hmm. obviously really excited. Um, I know they're a great team coming in. Playing them at home is a great opportunity. It's going to be an electric as- atmosphere for us. So, mm-hmm. first night game, all green. Uh, Ooh, yeah. You guys excited for the green? Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't put it on yet or seen it, okay. but uh excited for it. Mm-hmm. The all-green will be something. We'll see. You know, something I love about college football is it brings a lot of different people together, right? All different backgrounds. Think about the two of you, right? You're mm-hmm. Indiana, born and raised, right? Yep. Just down the street. You probably dreamed of playing here your whole life, and you're from how many miles away? 4,000, 5,000? What is no it? No idea. No idea. It's a lot, though, yeah, right? Lot. Yeah. yeah, Hawaii. Same school as Manti, right? Mm-hmm. Is that where you went? So just, I want, for those that maybe don't know a ton about your story, just describe your background growing up and when you first thought you wanted to come to Notre Dame. I'll start with you, because I imagine when you grew up here, you knew you wanted to go to Notre Dame, or, or what was that like? Yeah, so, I mean, like you said, I grew up an hour and 15 minutes away, yeah. um, in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by cornfields. Um, played at small school, like triple option, wing T style, was a quarterback, safety on defense, like did everything. Um always wanted to play you know college football Mm -hmm. but the thing that was unique is no one in my community had ever really been to Notre Dame or gone to Notre Dame um and so it just wasn't really that prevalent yeah just because it didn't seem attainable um so most people went to the ag school at Purdue or IU for medicine or whatnot right um and it was type that thing like oh you would watch the Notre Dame game because it was on NBC and it was always prime time yeah but then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, like, good for them. They won, like, but you weren't, like, a diehard fan just because you really didn't have that connection. Yeah. Um, and so when I started getting recruited to other schools, my dad said, hey, why don't we just go up to Notre Dame for a, a quick game? Like, you've never been to a game. Like, I think you'll really like it. So we came uh, to the Miami of Ohio game. Loved the atmosphere. Like, yeah. got to see the tunnel. Fell in love with the tradition. Um, then came back the next week for the Georgia game. It was a night game in uh-huh. 2017. Great game, except for the result. It, except for the result. <laughs> but that's when I, like, fell in love. Yeah. Like, with the atmosphere, with the fans, with, with the guys in the locker room. Like, I was like, man, if I get a chance to play for them one day, like, that would be something special. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it's really crazy because never in my life would I thought, like, growing up, oh, I'm going to play for Notre Dame. And then here I am. So, yeah. Was it for uh, for you? Was it seeing Manti here? Or what was the process like when you knew you wanted to come here? Yeah, I uh, see. Manti was a big part of me, like knowing what Notre Dame was. I didn't really know what it was until like high school. Yeah. Um, then when they came into my recruiting process, um, it was like a no-brainer for me. Uh, it was my best opportunity. Yeah. And so my parents, obviously, I talked with my parents, and they wanted me to come here, and we just thought it was the best decision. And I know it was far, but it was it was gonna be worth it. And I, I don't regret my decision at all. How are you guys liking your fifth year on campus? Is it good? Yeah. 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 I mean, the season's been off to a great start, which always that helps. Yeah, my, it helps a lot. Yeah. My class schedule is nice. Eh? Yeah. That's the other thing. It's more more so like, all right, it's about time. You're like, you're a football player. 
mm-hmm. versus being, you know, you're an athlete and versus being a student athlete. Yeah. So. I think it was maybe like Josh Lug, who I was talking to a couple of years ago. <clears throat> he kind of said the same thing. He was just like, once you were done with your degree yeah. and you had that semester that was just football, you kind of got the idea of what it might be like to be yeah. a pro, right? Or at least as mm-hmm. close as you can. When you, is that what you guys have felt this year? You can really walk into football differently? Yeah. I mean, there's different stuff you can do. And the biggest thing for me is like getting down the routine. Hmm. Just getting a better routine, making sure your nutrition's where it needs to be. You found that so. to be the same for you, Maris? You got more time to just lock into football and your get your nutrition right or what? Yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, I have so much more time compared to the previous years uh, when it comes to like school and stuff like that. I'm able to watch so much more film and get into our playbook a lot more. Yeah. And another thing is like in class, like you can choose classes that are kind of interesting, not be pressured in just mm-hmm. because you're in a particular major or something. Right. So I'm taking a real estate class, yeah. but then I'm also taking an obesity class oh, and then also taking a sports management class, like something that would doesn't really fall in line with my major at all, yeah. but what do you, now that okay. I'm just interested in it. What is the obesity class? It's an anthropology of obesity. Interesting. So just basically how the body has evolved, um, why in some cases do certain populations carry more body fat than other, what is the obesity pandemic kind of like how does what's causing it it? what's going on in america right now like Hmm. a lot of interesting stuff and as an athlete like i'm pulling stuff away like i mean we're talking all about different types of fats that can do different things in different situations and yeah um so it's just like really eye-opening of what what's out there did did you guys realize when you came here how much you learn just by being a college athlete about nutrition and like how much they drill you on like what you should put in and how it affects your body like over the five years i'm assuming you guys have both learned a ton about how certain foods affect your body, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, I had no idea about nutrition prior to um, college. So it's coming in. I Just when, like, our dietitians and all that, they talk about our nutrition and how important it is for us to be able to perform at a high level. It's crazy. Just every little thing matters. W- yeah. What's a food you used to eat that you don't eat anymore now that you've learned about what it does to your body? Um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I still eat the bad food. <laughs> Yeah, but I just, like, limit it. Okay. So I don't eat it as much. So, like, what do you limit then? Uh, Like, fried foods, okay. like fried chicken, uh, french fries, all that stuff. Tastes good, though. Yeah. It's funny. Like, I can't give it up. Yeah, you can't yeah, give it up. Like, I had no idea, really, what that nutrition avenue kind of looked like. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up on a farm, it was meat and taters. <laughs> like, every day, glass of milk in the morning. Yeah. I thought I had everything taken taken care of. Um, Then you get here, and there's a lot more into it that you need to focus on. Um, processed foods like, yeah. versus, you know, natural, like organic foods. Like it's, it's a big deal. It's crazy. The, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys coming in here, you guys came in what, 19, right? Was your first year mm-hmm. on campus. So you had COVID, you've had coaching change, you guys have played some big time games. A lot's happened. Like, have you guys had a chance? I know you guys are in the thick of it right now. I'll start with you, Maris, but like, have you had a chance to think about all the different stuff you guys have gone through? to kind of get to where you are now and, and like what your Notre Dame experience has really been like? Cause you guys have been through a, a ton in your four and a half years. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll sit down and just reflect on it, but I haven't really like dove into it. It feels like time. Like I think college goes a lot faster than high school for some reason. Hmm. And I feel like yet yeah, just yesterday I was a sophomore and I haven't really like thought about how much has like gone into this process to, to lead me to where I'm right now. Hmm. What about you, Jack? I mean, I think it's just been crazy how much change has occurred yeah. yet there's so much that's stayed the same. Yeah. Right. The day to day is still the same. Like we still have workouts and meetings and football practice and classroom responsibilities, but then you look around and you look at the people you're doing with and out of the 25 guys in our class, there's what nine of us left or eight of us left. Right, that like, came in. Yeah. Yeah. So that like, you know, half your class is gone more than half class. Um, we've had three different DCs. Yep. You know, we have two head coaches, um, a college football season where there was no fans. Like yeah. there was, it was a lot that's kind of gone in through this journey, but at the same time, it's still like we're in the thick of it and, uh, it, it's gone fast and a blink of an eye goes by. So it's pretty crazy. I was, uh, looking back, this is how I feel old. <clears throat> I remember when you guys came in like your first year, I was working here. I went back and watched the recruiting video announcements, you know, the, uh, the fight club fight with, with the yeah. boxing. Uh, and I was looking at you guys like, dang, <laughs> these guys look different. You guys tiny, are tiny, tiny. Yes. Do you, do you ever go back and watch that and think, dang, I put on some some good muscles since then? What do you guys look? 
I, I know, like, my first weigh-in at the Goog, I weighed 196 pounds. Oh. And at, Where are you like, at now? I'm at two, 230, 232 wow. consistently. And yeah. So, like, it's just crazy, like, just the physical difference that you can see. Yeah. I remember I, I actually edited your video. Really? Yeah. If you, you want to thank me. That's you did fine. a good job. All right, thanks. Yeah, good, good, good. Those were uh, cool. quite, <laughs> quite the project when we were yeah. putting those out back then. I want to ask you about being a linebacker. That was one thing I was curious about, too, is – you got a head coach that's a linebacker. Just to the best of your ability, explain to me, someone that never played football, what it means to be a linebacker. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge-watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Well, I think I think there's a standard at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. When you look at great linebacker play, like it's been set. Yeah. Um, and then you have Coach Freeman, who was a really good linebacker himself, like at the helm of the program now. Um, and so one, like there's a standard of leadership qualities that it takes to be a linebacker here. Um, but then like playmaking ability and the ability to control the defense and run the defense mm-hmm. in, a, in a commanding way. Um, I, I don't know what you think. I agree. Um. I feel like at Notre Dame, being a linebacker, you have to you have to be the leader of the defense, mm-hmm. um, like position wise. And you have to know everything. You know, you have to know your job. You have to know what's going on around you. Um, and with that, takes a lot of time and like responsibility. And so, like, we expect highly of the the other linebackers, um, like Jack and JD. Yeah. Obviously, older guys who have great routines in their lives. They got their stuff together. Like, we expect the same from the younger guys and trying to bring them along. What have you guys done now that you're older? You know, like we just talked about how fast it goes. You guys were young and had those older guys telling you what to do. What do you guys do now with the young guys trying to set them up for when you're gone or even try to fill in, of course, like last week? Like, what do you guys do? How do you communicate with the young guys to get them to the spot they need to be to be able to perform, whether it's this year or or going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think some of it you kind of have to figure out on your own, Mm -hmm. right? You kind of have to go through the dog days in the winter um, when it's tough, waking up at 6 a.m. and just that building that mental toughness Mm -hmm. on your own. Um, but the other thing is, which I think the, the freshman class has done great right now, is like be a, a magnet, right? Just stick to someone who does it right. Right. And then do everything they're doing. Um, and whether that's in conditioning, you line up right next to the guy that you want to compete with one day and you're going to try to stay on his hip. Or if it's in the film room, if someone else is in there, you're going to be in there getting the same coaching tips and everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just the advice I've always had for them is be a magnet um, and find someone who does it the right way and try to you know, replicate that. Is there a certain young linebacker that you find yourself or he finds himself gravitating towards you, Maris, that you're trying to kind of help come along here? Um, I talk a lot to like Drake Bowen and mm-hmm. Preston Zinner. Yeah. Uh, those two, I think they ask me the most questions like out of the young guys, <laughs> which is good, good questions. And I tell them, I encourage all of them to yeah. ask me questions. Like I try to be an outlet for them. Um, cause I felt, I feel comfortable in the defense going into my second year yeah. with coach, um, golden. So I just tell them, ask me anything. I, I don't care what it is, mm-hmm. um, no matter how silly you might think it is. Like, just ask me whatever you want. Hmm. And uh, those two ask me a lot of questions, yeah. That's good, though. Better than not asking the questions and falling behind, right? Uh-huh. And that's one thing. Like, when we were freshmen, like, we had a, a great group of older guys, you know, Wu, Drew yeah. White, Asmar. Like, they really made us feel comfortable in the room. Um, and that's half the battle is just making yeah. the young guys feel comfortable where they can speak up and ask those questions um, if – if they just don't know what's going on, like, right. ask. We can help. Like, we've been through that. So, Coach Freeman, you know, you guys have seen him. You had him as a DC, right, for that year, mm-hmm. and then he made the transition. He's in his second year. I get to talk to him every week, and it's fun. He's a great guy to talk to, but you guys' relationship's obviously different with him. Just what have you enjoyed about him as a DC, as a head coach? You've known him now for a couple years. 
when you think of Coach Freeman, what do you really appreciate about him? Start with you. I just think, you know, he looks at us more than just his players. Like it's, there's a different type of relationship there. And he shows that on a daily basis, whether we're changing the schedule because it fits the players better or giving us first class seats or whatever <laughs> the case might be. Like he makes sure that, you know, his actions back up his words. Mm-hmm. And that means a lot. Um, as far as like how the really relationship has changed since being LB coach, now head coach, um, I would say he favors the offense a lot more in practice. <laughs> I guess not even close. Uh, the spot is always terrible. Oh no! But um, you got to take the whistle away from but what you're saying. He still. Ch- <laughs> the funny thing is, he still challenges challenges us on a daily basis yeah. to you know to be the best we can be, to choose hard and and you know win win every moment. So yeah. What about you? Um, I think just Coach Freeman's genuine like personality, who he is as a person outside of um the goog. Um, I know that he makes an effort to to get to know the people around him who work around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't just look past someone like he walks by or just like he makes sure to to really know the place that he works in and who's really making like everything um, everything work around the goo mm-hmm. and to support our team. Yeah, he's really embraced the university. Yeah. yeah. And whether that's like during training camp, like forcing everybody like Every team meeting, we're going to start off with the fight song until the whole team knows the fight song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, like, there's been times in the locker room, it's like, oh, like, you can hear it, but it's not super strong. Uh, Versus uh, now, uh, like, uh, yeah. no one's mumbling. <laughs> right. Like, I feel like that's important. Yeah. It's like little things like that. Making sure we know who the cafeteria staff is. Like, mm. the, the managers on the team, like, knowing them by name. Um, I don't know. It's He make really sure, embraces the culture of the university. He makes sure we have, like, pride in our school. Yeah. He knows what, like make sure we know what our school is about and like who we play for really and why we're different. Yeah. One of the topics I was going to ask you guys about, you kind of led me to was the I guess different teams supporting each other across campus. I see coach Freeman at all kinds of sporting events. I've seen him with other coaches. He's very involved. I know you guys try to support other teams. Who are the teams you guys are tight with and and why do you guys try to show that support when you can when you're not in the thick of your season? Um I I have some really good friends on the cross team. Okay. Um I used to go to a lot of baseball back when JD's brother was on the team. Right. It was always fun. Um, and then women's basketball, shout out to them. Um, <laughs> this past season, I went to a couple games and it was really fun. Yeah. So um, my girlfriend, Sonia Citron, mm-hmm. is on a basketball team. So, I mean, um, I love watching them play, watching her play. It's just so fun. Coach Freeman comes out to a lot of the games. And then yeah. I'll see Coach Parker bring his family. Um, O'Leary will be out there sometimes. And – uh I just really got like really into that women's basketball. They're, they're a I mean, great program. every year they, yeah, yeah, every year. Yeah, Sonya's pretty good too. Yeah, she knows she's what she's doing good. out there. <laughs> yeah, I beat her in one one v one though. Oh no way! There's no chance. No, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there'd be breaking news out yeah. here. Yeah. You guys ever been anywhere where college game day's been during the week? Ever been on a campus when college game day's coming to town or no? I mean, they've been here. Then uh, besides here, yeah. Last no. time they were here was 2018, Michigan, right? So it'd have been right before. No, uh, no, they came. To Clemson, right? Clemson, yeah. Oh, they were here for Clemson? COVID Clemson. They were in the stadium? Yeah, COVID okay. Clemson. And then um, we were at Georgia in 2019. At Georgia. Our freshman year. So what was it like when you're at Georgia with all that attention? It was it oh, was, was crazy. Like, <laughs> it was awesome to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, I know we didn't win, but yeah. like you dream of playing stages like that, yeah. right? Like we're driving in, you see the game day stage over there, and there's just so many people mm-hmm. like surrounded in campus. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a night game, like at Georgia. It was, you know, the biggest stage you could be on. Yeah. And uh, as a competitor, like I want to be on that stage any given Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my first game. Um, starting, I started on special teams. Yeah. Yeah. Against uh, Georgia, and uh, I just remember we couldn't hear each other like standing this close. <laughs> We it was so loud. I've heard like, that one was crazy. I mean, yeah. for, I mean those guys play some great venues, but like down there between the hedges, it's about yeah. as loud as it gets, right? And both teams were like had studs on them. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, and that just made it such a bigger game. Mm-hmm. Like, it was awesome. When you guys are done here, what are you going to miss most about playing at Notre Dame? I asked this question to guys that are towards the end. or that guy, I'm going to talk to Brady Quinn later. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask him. I talked to Mike Golick Jr. He said he misses running out of the tunnel the most. Just what, as you go through this year, are you trying to make sure you – appreciate before it's gone you want to go first I, I just think maybe like it has to do something with the locker room atmosphere mm-hmm. right whether that's you know walking 
on the player walk, like with the guys through the fans, or it's after the game in the locker room, or it's, you know, before a mat drill workout Wednesday morning in the middle of January, like it's just being with the guys in the locker room, like mm-hmm. motivating each other, like knowing that you're going through it together, you know, you can share in that like pain and suffering, but also <laughs> that um, success and, and yeah. happiness. Um, so just, I guess the, that atmosphere, it's very rare in life where you can get a, a room full of a hundred and some dudes to mm-hmm. come together for a common goal and then be able to, you know, help each other achieve it. But you, I think something will like come up later, but I think the first thing that comes to mind is just being able to represent Notre Dame. Hmm. Um, I know that when, obviously we'll never get the chance again to represent, put on the gold helmet, yeah, put on a Notre Dame jersey and uh, to go out there and play for Notre Dame. I think that's, what I'm going to miss the most. I think I'll be watching games for the rest of my, my, my life and wanting to be suited, uh, suited up with them. Uh, I just want the last question to be kind of about what you guys hope to accomplish this year. It can be football, it can be not football. When you reflect on 2023, you know, when you look back at it, what will success look like to you? What do you hope to get done, Jack? I think um, Coach, Coach Freeman's message this whole year since training camp has been to reach our full potential on a daily basis, every game, and throughout the season. Um, and if you think about it, like, what is our full potential? Like, who knows? But mm-hmm. if we can reach it, it's going to be special. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I think that goes in forth of, like, wins and losses, our full potential in our relationships as a team, like, coming together as a you know, unit. Um, but also, like, just in the grand scheme of things, like, doing the best we can mm-hmm. and uh, knowing that will lead to success think there's always those big goals um for for me I just want to look back and like think about every day and make sure like I made every day an opportunity to get better Hmm. and I made sure to improve and I at least tried to improve obviously results are results but at least every day I know I'm working to get better that's my personal goal all right well good luck this week you guys have been fun to watch keep it up we're gonna take a break but we're gonna come right back after this thanks so much thank you appreciate it Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm the Pee Wee football team, your car pulling to the game. And our backseat practice has your focus off the road. Go long! Not that long. And if you have cut rate car insurance, you'll be stuck on the sidelines for the season. So switch to Allstate. Save $468 and get better protected from mayhem like me. National average annual savings of new auto customers surveyed in 2022 who switched to Allstate. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Bank like the Irish when you become a member of Credit Union One, the official banking partner of Notre Dame Athletics. Open a Fighting Irish checking account to get special perks and choose from one of eight exclusive Notre Dame debit card designs so you can show your pride every time you pay. Plus, with the Credit Union One branch located just steps from campus at 1140 East Howard Street and CU1's highly rated mobile app, it's never been more convenient to bank on your schedule. Find out more at creditunionthenumberone.org slash Irish. Federally insured by NCU. Before we get back to the show, we want to tell you a little more about our presenting partner, TireRack.com. While we've been talking running, passing, and scoring, the experts at TireRack have performance of a different kind on their minds. Test results, consumer reviews, and a tire decision guide make tire buying a snap with mobile tire installation that comes to you. Get the right tires to tackle whatever comes next at TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay. We are now joined by somebody that does not need an introduction, but I'll give one anyway. Brady Quinn, former Notre Dame quarterback, current Fox Sports college football analyst. Thanks for joining us on Wake Up the Echoes. I uh, have a million things I could ask you, but I think let's just start with some X's and O's and talk Notre Dame because this is about as good as it gets, Brady, and we'll get to some of the games you played in. Four games into the season, they got Ohio State coming in just through the first four games. What have you seen from Notre Dame? How impressed are you, and how good can this team be? Yeah, well, first off, Tony, thanks for having me on. I uh, appreciate it. I feel like this has kind of been a long time coming. Um, first four games, I'll start off by just, you know, talking about being over in Ireland on the field and really seeing the team. And it wasn't so much about the opponent who they're going up against. To me, it was just like passing the eye test. You know, I'm fortunate enough to work in a job where we travel throughout the country. You can see some of the best teams uh, in college football. And the one thing that you can always say is you can tell right away if a team doesn't have the depth, doesn't have that, like pass that eye test, um, you know, as far as when they get off the bus, do they look the part? Notre Dame looks the part. 
this is the most physically impressive team I have seen um, like during my lifetime. Now, granted, I wasn't there in the 1988 national championship team or early off in the 90s, but as far as from the teams that I was a part of in Notre Dame since those, you know, since the, you know, through those years, um, this is the most physically impressive team. They're big, they're deep, their uh, their skill positions are fast. They're long. They're I mean they're athletic. There's just there's so many things where you kind of go out there and look for the way they move, the way they the way they look, the depth that they have behind the position. Notre Dame's got all of that. Uh, they can go up against anyone with that. And then obviously the biggest factor is Sam Hartman at quarterback. You know they've now got a quarterback who I think not only can be a good decision maker with all the experience being a six year quarterback, but it's the downfield passing game that opens up. It's the playmakers uh, at the wide receiver position that, you know, I think last year highlighting Michael Mayer was awesome in the, in the run game, but now you've got all of that where you don't have Mayer, but you got the wide receivers, the passing game, uh, Holden stays has come along kind of as that next tight end. I think when you watch the impact he's had, um, the O-line, the, all those things, they've been there. So that was kind of like the last missing piece, if you will. And this team, I think through the first four games, has proven themselves to be able to win in a variety of ways. And I, I love their chances this week. I love their chances the rest of the season. I, I said this after week zero, after they beat Navy uh, to our big new kickoff. Group. I said, they're going to be a playoff team. Like that's, that's how good I feel about where Notre Dame is right now. Uh, they obviously have to get through the schedule, which is a tough one, but the way things stack up right now, this is a playoff team in my eyes. Help me understand then this week how they stack up against Ohio State. Ohio State's been playing games kind of at similar times, so I haven't seen as much film. I know it's your job to know how good Ohio State is and how they stack up. From my standpoint, at least in years past, I'd be really concerned about how Notre Dame maybe is able to match up in the secondary, but I think this is the best Notre Dame secondary that we've seen in a while. So from your vantage point, where do they stack up well against Ohio State? And if you're going into this game, where do you have to be on the lookout for maybe the Buckeyes to have a a slight edge? Yeah, so I think the areas of concern where you look at, like, hey, maybe where could where will Ohio State have a little advantage, or do they have more experienced players? Uh, you obviously the wide receiver position is one when you've got a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., Egmeka um, Buka as well, Julian Fleming. There's a ton of speed, ton of playmakers. Uh, Carnell Tate is a very highly touted uh, true freshman. You saw you saw a little more burn time last week. Um, you really can't afford to give up any big plays. Fortunately, Notre Dame's been extremely good and not giving up big plays this season. But, you know, Ben Morrison, um, obviously Cam Hart, those guys, the entire secondary, those guys can be tested. And there's going to be times where you can't double up on Marvin Harrison Jr. You're going to have to be singled up on him, and you're going to have to live with that decision and live with those plays. The, the biggest thing from watching Ohio State, though, and, and we really, you know, saw kind of this quarterback battle between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown play itself out. McCord ultimately is named starter, played his best football last week versus Western Kentucky. But it's been shaky at times. And, you know, he's been a little inconsistent, especially versus pressure. The offensive line play has not been great. They had to replace both tackles. They kind of struggled there early on versus Indiana in Bloomington. Uh, They've showed some weaknesses there too. So the Notre Dame pass rush, I think, can get after it. Pressure can be uh, one of those, you know, uh, I guess trump cards in your back pocket if you want to try to bring it out versus Kyle McCord. Notre Dame's done a lot of that lately. So, uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that matchup plays out. It still starts with stopping the run, though, and that's where you, you can't afford to allow the pressure to be taken off of Kyle McCord by allowing them to have success in first, second down, allowing the running back stable of backs to get going. Mayan Williams is a load at running back. Trayvon Henderson's got to step on him. They've got a, a stable of backs, too, there at Ohio State. you got to be keyed in on. And then lastly, Cade Stover. He, to me, is the X factor for Ohio State on offense, and Notre Dame's really got to know where he's at. He's your traditional wide tight end. He's good at blocking at the point of attack, but he can stretch the field and make some plays down the field, in particular down in the red zone. So they're going to have to be good on him too. All, all the wide receivers get the attention. Uh, it, it's going to be Cade Stover that you got to be, be careful about too uh, when talking about from Notre Dame's defense. And then on the flip side, Ohio State's very talented in their secondary as far as their ability to match up with wide receivers. Guys are going to have to make contested catches. Sam's going to have to get comfortable throwing to guys who aren't running wide open like mm-hmm. Tobias Merriweather last week or or Chris Tyree last week. Like That's not going to be the case. I have a hard time believing there's going to be blown coverages or, or guys going to be able to blow by some of some of these athletes that Ohio State has in the secondary. And then the last thing I'd say is, you know, as far as the protection goes, the interior of our offensive line in particular are two guards, not as experienced, obviously. That's where Ohio State's really good. Um, they're very good up front on the defensive line. That's a group that can get after it, can get pressure with four 
our, our offensive line is going to have to play our best game of football today. I would argue they're really their best game all year long yeah. with the front that they're going up against. USC will test them as well later on this year, uh, the way they look so far. But to me, Ohio State is probably the most physical, probably the best up front they're going to face uh, this entire season. I want to circle back to Sam and, and kind of ask the question from more of a big picture standpoint from what it means to be the Notre Dame quarterback and just how he's handled things so far this year. You pointed out how the receivers have stepped up. I think that's a product a little bit of Sam kind of maybe elevating everyone's play around him. Just in four games, and he's looked so sharp, he's handled everything, this will be his biggest test of the year. But help me understand kind of what it means to be the Notre Dame quarterback going into a big game and how impressed you've been with not only his performance but his leadership uh, in what's a really demanding position in all of college football. I think the good thing for him is he already had five years, you know, playing this elsewhere. And, and it wasn't like he, he wasn't on the national stage to a degree. I mean, he, he allowed Wake Forest to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why he was a target and a guy that, you know, we all wanted to come to Notre Dame because uh, of the success that he had during his time in the ACC playing Wake. So I, I think that played a huge role in helping him transition into being the quarterback at Notre Dame, in part because of just his general maturity, the leadership skills that he built up over his time there at Wake. Uh, and also not like making that jump. You know, I think when you look at a quarterback, it comes from high school to then Notre Dame, or, you know, I guess my experience and how I'd relate is it's a whole different animal. I mean, you're adapting to class and school and college and all these things that you have on your plate that you're trying to manage, let alone be in that national spotlight. So um, I think his experience, his age, his maturity, all those things have been a huge benefit to him. And being able to really just focus on football and, and at a point in time where that's all he really wants to do. So it's it's been awesome to watch him, the way he's handled it. Um, he's kind of very gracefully stepped into a position. And, and I know it's only for a year's time, but I think he's done a good job embodying everything that you'd hope for out of a Notre Dame quarterback in the way he conducts himself. Obviously, the play on the field speaks for himself, but um, handling it all, handling the media, handling you know, being in the spotlight as a leader and how he talks about his teammates, talks about the coaching staff. I, I really don't think you could ask for much more. This is going to be a fun week because we can, I think, debate where this game and this matchup maybe rank all time in Notre Dame meetings. I'll go with my lifetime. I think back to 05 as this having a chance to be the most meaningful game on this campus in 18 years. I think you could have made a case for Clemson a couple of years ago, but there were no fans in 2020. So I don't think it quite hit the same way. Georgia, it was maybe a little early in that Georgia run in 17, so I throw that out. I think it's the biggest game on campus in 18 years. What do you remember about that week leading up to the game? And if you could give a player advice or a coach advice for how to kind of manage the emotions and and stay in the right mindset, what do you have to do? Because this is going to be a different week the way it feels around campus. Yeah, I mean, look, I would argue that um, USC in a few weeks – it, it, when we win, when Notre Dame wins okay, this when game, they win. okay. that will be that will be the biggest since 05. Um, USC, I, I think, will be probably higher ranked at that point uh, based on the games they will play. Obviously, Notre Dame will continue to improve in their ranking. Um, so I think that will be the biggest, ironically enough, and it's 05 was USC. It's once again here in 2023 USC. This one will be big, and, and I just think the feeling of it's a little bit different. I mean, back then in 05, you had – arguably one of the greatest dynasties in college football history. You had a team that had won two in a row, trying to win three in a row, multiple Heisman winners on their team, multiple first-round picks on their team. Um, it was just a different animal, you know? And, and we were at a point, you know, in our first year with Charlie Weiss, where we felt like we had to execute and play a certain style in order to give ourselves a chance to win. And, you know, as far as the hype leading up to it, I mean, it, it doesn't get much more hyped up um, going into that game. I mean, the campus was buzzing. Uh, just everything that week, the pep rallies, everything else. I mean, we had to move the pep rally to the stadium. It was so big. And that whole thing was filled half up with 40,000 people. It's just um, thinking back to that, it, it's it's hard to, you know, put it into perspective only because of, you know, how unique that the, the opponent was and the rival and the history behind it. But even that season for us being the first year with Charlie Weiss and there being so much unknown, mm-hmm. you know, coming off of what was a 500 year before after the bull game and the firing of Ty Willingham, there were so many things that were unknown, and we, and we really weren't sure until um, we beat Pitt on the road, top 25-ranked team. We beat Michigan at home you know, on the road at their place in the big house, top 10-ranked team, I think, at that point. And it was like this momentum started to build. And so it was, it was a little different where I feel like Notre Dame's at such a good place now um, based on how the last you know, five, six years have gone. 
and and this is an Ohio State team that I think has some questions about them. They think they they think they're the part. They think they can get back on top of the Big Ten. I'm not so sure. I think there's a lot of people who, are, who want to believe that that are Buckeyes fans, but are doubting it right now. You said when they win. I'll start using that terminology throughout the week. When they win this week, what do you think that will do for kind of the national uh, perception of this Notre Dame team? I get the sense like everyone from a national standpoint is kind of this is the this is the litmus test, right? It's kind of a wait and see. When they win, what will the takeaway be nationwide, and how will Notre Dame be viewed? This is a legit college football playoff contender, and and, and that's and that's what I've said. I've always believed that. I, I've seen them up front, close and personal. I, I can tell you what Sam's bringing to the table as a quarterback, how that relates to what we already have in a running game, what we already have in a defense, uh, and even a kicker for that matter, right? Like we've got a kicker we're going to rely on and trust in, in those in those big positions. So, I mean, people take it for granted all the yeah. time, but you, you go look at Kansas State getting upset by Missouri, like it comes down to a kick sometimes, like it did this past week. So I think it's going to change a little bit of the questions that the national um, narrative is about Notre Dame. Like, hey, they're really good, but they're not maybe in that top tier. It's like, no, no, no. This is a top-tier team. Mm-hmm. Like, this year, this is a top-tier team. We're looking at Bama struggling, Clemson struggling. You look at some of these other teams out there, they don't look quite the same. And and this is the, a big-time opportunity, I think, for Notre Dame based on all the things that we have right now. So uh, when we win, and that's how you got to talk to it, man. you got to speak it into uh, – got to manifest this, speak it into existence. But um, it, it's – look, it's going to be a tough game. There's no doubt about it. But I think we match up extremely well. Uh, and, then, and, then, and again, Sam gives us a really good shot. I think if you're looking at the most, you know, most experienced, most important position where you want to excel at, well, that's where we excel, especially in this matchup. I'm going to ask you an off-the-wall question here, quick U-turn. When you were on campus, did you dine at the dining halls? Of course. Okay. This is a debate we're having with every former guest. Just speak your truth to me. Are you a North or a South dining hall guy? South. Now, this is, this is an easy answer for me because uh, we had study hall right across from South Dining Hall. So I'd get done with practice. I'd always start watching film of that practice to kind of grade it myself and then look at the next day's cut-ups and things we had. And because we had, this started when I was a freshman, and so I kind of, I'm very habitual, um, you know, as far as how I'd go about my routine. So because we had study hall kind of late, like I would rush, and South was the only one open. So I'd go in, grab some food quick, scarf that down, then rush into study hall. So... I actually lived in Zom my first two years. So by way of like proximity, I would go to North Dining Hall a decent amount. I actually thought it was a little like nicer, like dining experience. That's the um, point of the making here I every week. <laughs> I, I, I frequented South Dining Hall uh, more often. And that's kind of like where me and the boys, me and the fellows typically uh, all posted up because of study hall. That was kind of ingrained in us. But now like, you know, again, I, I, I don't know. I haven't been back in a while, so I'd be curious to see if that opinion still holds. North has been remodeled. I'm a North guy, but I'm currently being outscored here 2-1 to one amongst our guests now have voted for South. Uh, one more kind of off-the-wall question. This week, it's Notre Dame-Ohio State. Is that jersey going to make a return appearance anywhere around the Quinn family? Is it is it somewhere we can see? What, yeah, what's going to no. happen this week with that jersey? No, I mean, that's the, that's the funny thing is, like, my sister will root for Notre Dame from here on out. AJ was the only reason she even rooted for Ohio State. Even in that instance, that I think going back on it, she probably wishes that she just would have worn a Notre Dame jersey at that point. But um, no, that thing is like was probably either I don't know if it was like framed or, or where it was, but it's at my mom's house somewhere. But that will not be coming back okay. out. That thing stays in there, and AJ and the rest of the Ohio State fan base can 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 have that that half their jersey. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, last one I've got is just I can just tell talking to you, uh, you're still very passionate about Notre Dame and the football program. Uh, just kind of put into words, not just what a win would mean, but just what it's meant to kind of see the way the program has progressed here under Marcus Freeman in his second year and just what your weekends are like when you watch Notre Dame. What does it feel like the further you get removed from being quarterback? It doesn't seem like you're necessarily further removed emotionally from caring about how this program looks. What does Notre Dame football mean to you now? Um, You know, when when you sign to go to Notre Dame, you know, you always talk about this four for 40. Um, for me personally, it's always felt like like a four for forever decision um, in the sense of it, it, it echoes in the generations that you impact past mm-hmm. you. And you don't realize it when you first go and you first get there and between how tough the academics are and the schedule and, and obviously football and how tough the schedule is, you know, playing there. Um, you really don't have time to appreciate it and truly understand how big it is, how amazing it is. 
And I think the further you get away and the further you, you experience this world, you, you, re you realize how special and how unique Notre Dame is. And so I think my love for it only grows fonder because, you know, I, I see young people continually make that decision to go there. And even though they're growing up in an area of, uh, era of social media and, uh, you know, different smartphones and all that kind of stuff, like we didn't have any of that when I was in college. Um, and you feel like sometimes you can't relate. Like, I feel like I know to their core who they are. Um, that's that, that common bond that you have with so many that, that go, that went before you, that, that go after you. And so I think for that reason, like it's just that natural connection um, that I love. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I started a collective to help out Notre Dame athletics. It's one of the reasons why I, my, I have a foundation that works with, um, you know, veterans that we, we host there in the summertime at Notre Dame. Um, I just, I, I think it's a special place. And uh, I've always felt blessed to have the opportunity to go there. Um, you know, I, I wish we could have won a national championship. Didn't work out. I don't have any eligibility left. So, my thing is like, I try to help out in whatever way I can to, to help get Notre Dame back in that position to do that. And so um, it's, uh, it's hard to put in the words. It really is. Cause I think it's bigger than that. It's, it's like a spiritual thing. And so I think you got to feel it. And usually when you're on campus there, uh, everyone walks away uh, feeling the spirit. All right, Brady, it's time for our from the Irish segment where a listener submits a question. It's presented by tireact.com. Here it is. It's from Noah in Jacksonville. Pretty straightforward question, but I think an interesting one. He says, whose hair is better when they were at Notre Dame, Brady Quinn's or Sam Hartman's? The floor is yours. Uh, well, his facial hair is definitely better because I cannot grow a beard, so I would definitely give him the win on that, but he doesn't have the same flow bucket oh. I have, so I'm sorry, man. Like I, 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 can't, I can't give him credit there, but I'll, I'll give him the win on the facial hair, no Gosh. doubt. He, uh, he looks like a mountain man. So that's, it's a good look. It, it, it's a good look for, especially for a leader. I feel like there's uh, some wisdom that comes along with that beard. And, uh, you know, it makes him look a little older, but hell, I mean, he's a six year quarterback. It's like, you're not going to find many six year players after this COVID eligibility runs out. So you're willing to concede the facial hair, but not the, not the yeah. lettuce on top. No chance. I no like chance. That. That's a good, confident answer. You know what? I'll side with you. I'll, I think Brady Quinn wins that the entire way. Uh, Brady Quinn, thank you so much it. for joining us. We appreciate, obviously, everything you do for Notre Dame, but, of course, your coverage on Fox is great. Uh, looking forward to, yeah, we'll say it, when they win this Saturday. Yeah, that's right, when they win. So get ready for it. Beat the Buckeyes. Go Irish 20. Thanks for having All me right, on. It's been thanks fun. a lot. Talk to you later. That does it for this week's edition of Wake Up the Echoes, presented by TireRack.com. Thanks for joining us, and make sure to download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast content. Also, go to FightingIrish.com slash wakeup to submit a question if you want to have it answered next week. We'll see you next week on Wake Up the Echoes, presented by TireRack.com. Wake Up the Echoes, the official show of the Fighting Irish, presented by TireRack.com, is also brought to you by Canon Solutions America, Credit Union One, Coca-Cola, Gatorade, and Under Armour.